Want Brady to hear your opinion on the sports stories of the day? Text in at 802-585-3026. It's another Football Friday and another look at your New England Patriots. And I will put it at the feet of Mac Jones. I mean, you get you get the credit when everything's going well. First third down of the game, first drive of the game, you throw it right to the other team. Seven points going the other way. With all the info from Patriots Place, it's Pat's insider, Phil Perry. No, it's not that I think less of him. I think the fact that I am high on him leads to the honest criticism of him. I know he's better than the way he's played. On the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. We got Football Talk Friday rolling on at a slightly different time today. Our guy Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston is joining us on the phone line now. Patriots and Bears coming up Monday night. Our coverage is going to begin at 5.30, so there will be no Brady Farkas Show coming up on Monday. Phil, thanks for being with us. How are you? I'm doing great, Brady. Looking forward to a little prime time action here this week. Yeah, I'm looking to a little. I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, and look, I- I'm anticipating Mac Jones to start. You tweeted yesterday that you're expecting Mac Jones to be ready, so I'm going to go on the assumption that he does play. How is Mac Jones looking physically from what you've seen at practice? Well, he looks much better, and it's my understanding that this ankle really has progressed pretty steadily just about every day that there's a noticeable change in and how well it feels, and I think it's only natural to assume that Mac Jones is going to want to be on the field. You know, I do think he's going to be healthy enough to be ready, as I tweeted. You know, and I think this question is going to come down to Bill Belichick. You know, it's going to be a him decision. And he has actually in the past kind of detailed how this all works, Bailey. And, you know, if a player is cleared by the medical staff, eventually it does come back to the head coach where he'll look at it and say, okay, would we rather have, in this instance, Mac Jones – at maybe a little bit, you know, a little bit less than 100%. I'm not sure he's going to be 100% for Monday night. Or would we rather have our rookie third-string guy at closer to 100% maybe back and give Mac Jones another week? I think that could eventually be the determination that gets made by Bill Belichick, but Mac Jones is going to want to play, and I think he's going to be healthy enough to do that, and I think there's a lot of support in the locker room for Mac Jones to get on the field whenever he's able. How big a threat for re-injury or aggravation is there with a high ankle sprain? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it comes down to, my understanding, stability in the ankle. You know, I'm not sure this is going to be a pain issue whatsoever. Uh, I think it's, are you stable enough in that joint, those two bones down there, that this tendon, this high ankle injury is associated with these tendons are you able to get the stability you need from those two bones to be able to do planting and cutting actions and that's the question with athletes that suffer this kind of injury whether it's basketball football or anything else can you plant and cut and i think actually what works in max favor here is even if that ankle isn't at 100 percent the ability to plant and for instance step up in the pocket as we've seen bailey's happy do the last couple weeks here that's all about the back foot. That's all about that right foot. This ankle injury to Mac is his left ankle. And so I think he, he lucks out in some way. If you could luck out left or right, I think the less consequential ankle is the one that's injured. And so I'm not sure it's really going to necessarily inhibit his pocket movement all that much. 
You know, Phil, I, I like Mac. I don't love Mac. Like I've said a million times, I think Mac is good. I don't think he is special. I don't think he's ever going to be worth $50 million a year. But that said, I've been doing nothing but defending Mac from criticism this week. And like, this is a two-way street, is it not? Everybody keeps telling me Mac needs to change this, or Mac needs to be different when he plays, or Mac needs to look more like Zappy does. Don't the Patriots also need to adapt as well? Maybe give Mac a little less shotgun, a little more play action, which are the things they're doing for Zappy? Yeah, I think it's a great point, Brady. I, I look at this, and I know a lot of people look at this situation and say, hey, this could be a wake-up call for Mac Jones. And that may be true. You know, If you're a competitor and you see someone else doing your job, I would understand that if it is somewhat of a wake-up call. Hey, maybe there were a few things where I could have done more, I could have done better, and I'm not saying that I've heard that from anybody because I think all you hear from Mac Jones is that the guy's an incredibly hard worker, but maybe there's something there that clicks for him on that front. But I think it's a wake-up call for the coaching staff too. Hey, look at how efficient we can be when we run the football really well, when we're really on our P's and Q's up front in the running game. And look at the domino effect that that can have. We saw it in Detroit. Then we see it against the Browns as well. And they didn't even run it all that well against the Browns, Brady. But the threat of the run, because of what the Patriots did, right, against Detroit, but also back in Green Bay where they ran it for over five yards per carry. The Browns went into that game saying, we have to sell out to stop the run. And look at all it opened up for Bailey Zappi in the play-action game through the air. They were able to put it in Bailey Zappi's hands and say, hey, if we need to move the ball through the air, that's what we're going to have to do. But so much of that was based off of play action, based off the screen game. These are things that they're going to be able to do more of if they can continue to run the ball the way that they have. I think that's something that Mac Jones is really going to benefit from. I spoke to a scout this week, Brady, who said, listen, Bailey Zappi's been good. He's probably the high end of what you drafted him to be, which is a long-term backup. But it makes his life a lot easier, the fact that the Patriots – have shown that they can run for 200 yards in a game and that they're scoring on the defensive side just about every other week, and they're playing ahead on the scoreboard. That's helped Zappy too. Phil Perry, Pat's Insider, NBC Sports Boston, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, as he is every single Friday here on DEV. You know, take the Bills out of this, because right now they're head and shoulders above everybody else, but is running the ball, are we seeing the pendulum swing back? Like, we focused for the last few years on getting more explosive and dynamic and being down the field, etc. You look around the league, you know, Denver wants to do that. They're 2-4. and four. The Jets don't let Zach Wilson throw it all. They're 4-2. and two. The Pats are having success running the football. Are we seeing running the ball becoming more in vogue again, or is this just kind of an anomaly? I'm not sure it really has been proven that it can win at a high level in 2022 because, again, Look at the Patriots this past week. They wanted to run the ball against the Browns. They really couldn't do it. I think I counted two of Ramondre Stevenson's first 10 runs in that game going for three yards or less. You can't live like that. If you go into a game plan saying, hey, we're going to run the hell out of it, we're going to stuff it down their throats, we're going to be efficient that way, we're going to put points on the board that way, we're going to get a lead, and we're going to keep it that way. It's too, I shouldn't say easy, but it's too simple to shut that down the way the Browns did. You add bodies to the box, you make sure you have every gap and more covered in that run game, and you force the other team to put it through the air. So I just think it's too easy to take that away, and you have to still succeed in the passing game, and not even just in the play-action passing game, as the Patriots have. In the traditional drop-back passing game on third and long, can you execute? There's only so many teams that can. It's usually the best team in the league. 
You know, we focused a lot on how Mac feels throughout this whole thing. Now I want to focus on how Zappy feels. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. This is going to be the most Boston sports radio thing I've ever said to you. This is going to sound way more Boston than Vermont, but I got to ask you. I love it. If I'm the Patriots, I'm looking to trade Zappy in the offseason and extract value from him in a way that Washington didn't with Taylor Heineke after 2020. And if I'm Zappy, I'd welcome that because now I've shown that I can play and I want to play. Does that sound too hot takey on either side? <laughs> Sell high. That's what I'm hearing from you yes. right now. And listen, you couldn't sell any higher, right? I mean, there appears to be now so much potential with him that just didn't exist, I think, in a lot of people's eyes before these last few weeks here. But I will say this, and I've tried to pull as many front office, coaching, scouting types of people across the NFL over the last few days, and I still haven't heard anyone tell me this guy looks like a starting quarterback to me. He looks like a high-end backup. He looks like a guy you could win a bunch of games with in the right situation. But I'm not sure you're still, even at this stage, if you were, trade, if you were to trade him tomorrow, if you were to get all that much in return. So to me, he's worth more to you here as a capable, competent backup quarterback to Mac Jones as he would be, say, in a trade where maybe it nets you at best, like a third-round pick, right? The guy was a fourth-round pick himself. So that, to me, I'm not sure the value really matches up there. I think they'd love to keep him for a long time as a backup. Phil Perry, Pat's Insider, NBC Sports Boston, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV. I was firmly in the Justin Fields camp last draft. Like, Justin Fields is the guy that I wanted to be the next Patriots quarterback. Is he bad, or is he just in a bad situation? I lean towards the latter, and now it's almost impossible to divorce the two, right? Was Matthew Stafford a bad quarterback because he had losing records year after year after year, or was he in a bad situation, and all of a sudden he goes to a good situation? We see what that does for him, right? All of a sudden last year people are talking about him as one of the best quarterbacks in football. So situation matters too much to really be able to say it's one or the other, but the situation has been absolutely horrid. I mean, he's already seen a coaching staff come in and leave in his short pro career here. I think they're still really not doing him any services in terms of what they're asking him to do offensively. I mean, this guy is a freaky, freaky athlete, Brady. They seemingly don't draw up plays for him to use his legs in their offense. Those scrambles that you see, the, the yardage that he picks up on the ground, that's not designed. That's typically scramble drill situations after he drops back to pass. So I look at that and say, why? Why not try to leverage this thing that he does really well? And I get trying to keep him healthy, but you can coach him on how to take care of himself, how to slide, how to take care of yourself near the sideline. I'm not sure he's getting enough of that from the sidelines. Hey, you're spraying the ball around a little bit here, Justin. You were really accurate in college. Let's see if we can dial in your mechanics here to fix that because he's a more accurate quarterback than what we've seen these last couple of years, in my opinion. And then you can look to the front office and say there's no offensive line. There's really no talent on the outside whatsoever. I mean, they're trading for Nikhil Harry to try to upgrade their receiver room, Brady. That's how bad it is in Chicago. So what do you do on third and long if you're Justin Fields? I have no idea. So I'm not sure there's any young quarterback in the league that could succeed in this situation. I still love the talent, but he needs better coaching and he needs a better team around him in order to succeed. Does Nikhil Harry have a catch in his revenge game on Monday night? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say no. I, I'm, I'm thinking this is the kind of game, Brady, where 
the numbers could be almost comical on the defensive side for the Patriots. That's wow. how bad this Bears offense is. You know, I'm talking, I, I don't know, is it a single-digit completions kind of game? There's supposed to be some weather. There's supposed to be some rain. I just think it, it could get really ugly really quickly for the Bears. So I'm going to go no on the Nikhil Harry uh, over under half catch. On highly uh, drafted wide receivers, what more can we see from Tyquan Thornton? I was excited about the potential initially. We saw the jet sweep last week. We saw a touchdown catch. We got a glimpse of him in the preseason. What more can we do, or can they do, rather, to unlock him? If I'm a coach right now, here's what I'm focused on with Tyquan Thornton. I am focused, at least in the here and now, when he is what he is physically, learn how to take care of yourself, man. Just look on the field. Understand when the journey's over and make sure you get down because you are too valuable to us. You bring too much to our offense for us to lose you on a hard hit because you're trying to pick up yak, right? Which is essentially what happened to him in that first preseason game. It's basically the first time the guy gets tackled at the NFL level, Brady, and he breaks. He gets hurt. He misses a bunch of time. Now, I think it speaks volumes of the kid's character, his understanding of how to play the game, his overall skill set. It is a much more varied skill set than I think the league really believed when he was coming out of Baylor. This guy's got a great release package at the line of scrimmage. He's really quick. He can work over the middle of the field. He can work in the red zone, as we saw in Cleveland. There's so much that this guy can do. You can use him, really, as a complete receiver, but you can't lose him. I think even though you're pretty deep at that receiver position, he brings you so much that I would be coaching it into him, the old Julian Edelman situation where you're looking at being over the middle and seeing a linebacker two yards ahead of you and trying to make that call in real time. Do I try to fight through this, try to turn it into a spin move, break an arm tackle type of situation, or do I just get down and live to see the next play? That's what you need to teach Saquon Thornton right now because he gives them so much when he's on the field. It's clear just what an impact he's made in these last couple games here. Phil Perry, Pats Insider, NBC Sports Boston. We are off the air on Monday. We'll have our pregame coverage beginning at 5.30. What kind? What time can we catch pregame live on TV on NBC Sports Boston Monday night? Pregame live should be right at 7 o'clock. So we'll be right at 7 and we'll be uh, live. And you know we'll have, our, we'll have our programming that starts at 6. So we'll have almost a pre-pregame show for the real sickos out there. <laughs> Brady, people are going to love it all. Uh, so we'll have all of our coverage starting for them at 6. And then uh, it'll actually launch right into a Celtics pregame as well. Big night for us at NBC Sports Boston. Well, looking forward to that on Monday. Looking forward to the Pats in prime time and looking forward to seeing the Pats hopefully get uh, over 500. Phil, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game Monday night, and we'll talk to you in seven days. Sounds great, Brady. Talk to you soon, bud.